Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm your host, Natalie Drenovac, and welcome to The Modern Women, a show that seeks to share the stories and experiences of women that may be out of our line of sight. As some of you may know, I'm rather fascinated with sex, desire, sexual identity, and exploration. I love talking about it, and always feel that it's a topic that despite everyone partaking in the act, most feel a bit uncomfortable talking about it. I brought Emma Sale on today to talk all things sex, exploration, kink, relationships, non-monogamy, shame, and secrecy. Because Emma is the founder of Killing Kittens, an international network of women and men who are brought together by a communal desire to be more sexually liberated and explorative. Further connected through events hosted from London to New York, Venice to Sydney, and over the past five years through Killing Kittens' expanding digital platforms. Too often, I think women, both single and in relationships, are not comfortable with their sexual desires, wants, needs, and tastes. And I thoroughly enjoy discussing some of these issues with Emma, and how being empowered through sex can make us all feel that much happier. Now, a disclaimer, this conversation truly talks all things sex. It's honest, raw, and I think the word sex is said over a hundred times. Now, if this makes you uncomfortable, I thoroughly recommend pushing through and listening to today's chats. And I certainly learned a whole bunch and I had my views on relationship constructs challenge in a good way, of course. If you love this episode or any other episodes of the podcast, make sure you're subscribed wherever you enjoy listening so you don't miss any new episodes when they go live. Thank you so much for joining me, Emma. Thanks for having me on. And just for context, where are you joining us from during the wild times of COVID? Um, we are just out, just by Heathrow. So kind of not central London, still, yeah, still within so the outskirts of London, but more, yeah, near a Heathrow airport. Love it. Amazing. So let's kick off with your rapid fires. A country where you think killing kittens would be most impactful? Um, Asia. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, maybe, although I don't think we'll go there, maybe Japan or somewhere where it's still very much men in control. The kinkiest thing you've heard whilst at a Killing Kittens party? Oh, to be honest, it's been 15 years of kinky noises being heard. So it's a maybe, yeah, maybe these when these two girls had strap-ons and were just sort of going for it <laughs> with each other. Had a great time. A sex toy you wish existed? 
probably a hands-free, a hands-free dildo which gets which gets the clitoral suck and the G spot at the same time. <laughs> I feel like more yes. Yeah, we're opening up this conversation in the exact fashion. So as much as I love to talk about all things sex, I've really brought you on here today to really broach the subjects of sex and exploration because I think that the lack of open discourse about it is sometimes harming individuals, couples, and the broader society. Um, Sex, desire, and exploration is a topic that I feel carries so much baggage and can be so beneficial and yet so harmful in the way that sometimes we speak about it. And I wanted to really dive into what Killing Kittens offers to enable people to overcome, you know, the shame, the guilt, or the inhibitions that we do have around sex and exploration. Also, I'm really curious to talk about desires, fetishes, non-monogamy with yourself, which I feel is, you know, the right woman to speak on such topics. Um, yeah, I'm comfortable with that. <laughs> so when I asked my friends if they've heard of Killing Kittens, it was kind of like a 50-50. And so for those who may not know what we're talking about, could you share a bit of a description? Um, it is a world, it's a community, online and offline, um, which is a safe space for what started as a specifically aimed at women is now sort of women, couples and men um, to explore their sexuality without being judged um, in a safe environment and whether that's offline or online. So what started as very much events um, and parties um, with a small online community has now turned into, it's now flipped. So actually we're considered a tech business um, because we've got the whole big social network platform, which is the majority and core um, of the business now with the events um, on the top and different workshops, sex ed workshops. So it's just a complete world of sex positive, exploring your sexuality, exploring the sex within your relationships, exploring as you're, when you're single, um, but with very much women at the core and women driving it. Um, yeah, so that's it in a nutshell. Do you have like an ultimate goal that you're hoping or seeking to achieve? Um, we've just launched our new platform last week, which is the world's first adult social network platform. So um, our goal is to, you know, rival the big social network platforms out there and have it as that's the one where you go to have your adult life. Mm. So, you know, you've got Instagram, some more pics and PC and you've got kids on there and you've got Facebook, which is very family orientated and LinkedIn, which is very business. And then we're like, yeah, we're like the Killing Kids platform to be where you have, you ask the sex questions, where you put the pictures in, in your lingerie, where you talk about going to to a um the art of giving blowjob workshops and just and act, and just have the conversation around right. sex on there and people can just download that as a normal app for those who you know ears um so at the moment it's you just go on to killingkittens.com and it's there and it's a very mobile friendly um site and then um our app is actually launching on ios next thursday and then the android version a couple of weeks later so it's, it's all interconnected and there's a big dating element as well so I think Bumble meets Facebook with the whole educational hub um, attached to it as well. Look I'm definitely going to be downloading that like ways <laughs> without a doubt you know but often when we think about sex parties or even orgies we kind of sometimes correlate that between what we're seeing in porn or movies and so by and large in those I feel most of the time women are being degraded and you've shared how Killing Kittens is a platform for women so how is it different? So it's the, the women are very much in control. So we've from day one, we've never let single men in. The, every man has to be accompanied by a woman. Um, and then the main big rule that is um, 
that goes across the party, but also goes across the across the online side is that men um, can't initiate the chat. They can't approach women they don't know. They have to wait for the woman to make the first move. And you, when you've got that happening, it just flips it on its head. So even though there's a lot of sex that goes on, when it's very female-led, you don't get that. You don't get the kind of big testosterone factor. Mm. Um, of men like you do in fit in porn, you know, throwing women around and bending them over a table and, you know, kind of the sort of that, that side of things. It's just, it's a different, um, it's a different setup and it's a different, I think sex for women is much more, you know, it's a thousand shades mm. of different going on and it's not, you know, sex, when you say sex, it's such a patriarchal man thing it's you know you it conjures up if you say to most people what is sex it's like it's a penis and a vagina and the end point is the man coming it's uh-huh. kind of this ingrown messaging that we've had as women since we were tiny uh-huh. it's very difficult to get that out because it's an automated thing within us so for us with women at the core it's sort of it's not that it's everything else yeah so you get a lot of girl on girl you get a lot of just soft stuff you get a lot of just kissing and it's just you know and yeah there is sex probably you know full-on sex at the end of it but yeah um sometimes but it's not just that end point yeah very black and white oh absolutely being married to a woman one of the most common questions we get asked is like yeah but is it really sex and so I always throw back and think okay so if a penis enters a vagina and comes straight back out is that sex and it's like, where is the yeah. point line of satisfaction that it's like, open up your mind. And then as I have had friends who have, you know, gone on to explore and had sex with women, they're like, oh, I kind of get it now. Like, I understand what you're always trying to say that you can't exactly define it, you know, in regards to like, yeah. it has to be a penis or a... Yeah. Well, that's, the, that's what's so sad. And that's, the, you know, our big goal as well is to globally open up the conversation mm. around sex uh, and realize that sex isn't, isn't just that, mm. isn't just penis and vagina. It's sex is so much... Mm. You know, in between from fetish and kink and massage and just, you know, and just play and foreplay. It's like, do you know, there's a whole world that is sex without that, you know, black and white end point. <laughs> Have we been, do you think we've become more or less sexually active or open? You know, this idea of like, um, I don't I think, think it really us. Yeah, I don't think... I think it's always been there. I don't think we've become more sexually active. Um, I think we've become more open. Um, and I think because sexuality now is more open and it's more on a spectrum, constantly evolving. It's not so black and white, you're either straight or you're gay. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, there's non-binary, there's, ge- you know, there's this gender fluidity that has come up in the last few years and all around sex. So it just means you don't have to define yourself you don't, you know, and actually women are on the spectrum so of sexuality. So we can, we're right in the middle. So it's sort of, it's natural for women to one day maybe fancy a guy and then the next day fancy a woman. It's just, we fancy humans and what we can be turned on by men and women. <laughs> I'm curious as to what makes you say that, or I guess the definitive research you may have, because I've always thought that, you know, there is definitely like heterosexual, there's definitely homosexual, but I do think most of the world kind of coexists between that space. And if we yeah, had less there labels... Are, there yeah, there are both, you know, there, there are, you know, hard ends of, of both. But the thing with women, if you're at the, the Kinsey Institute and they've got this one to seven scale of sexuality um, and men actually they found were more one or seven. Mm-hmm. And most women, the majority of women, overwhelmingly, um, were kind of three, four, five. 
Really? So it just made us why we're much, we're more tactile, we're more touchy feely. We, you know, we'll check out whether you say you're completely straight as a woman, you will still check out women faster mm. than a mammal check them out you know what I mean we're always checking out other women around us and what they look like and you know all the nice hair and you know we want that body and and it's you might not see it as being overtly sexual but it's in us mm. to appreciate other women's yeah what's going on so yeah their beauty yeah what do you exactly. think it is about sex that makes us either so happy when we're you know getting that fulfillment and that satisfaction and also so sad when we just aren't um i think it's psychology i think because especially for women our biggest sex organ is the brain Mm -hmm. so if that's not being you know i say to guys who are like well you know they're not putting out and i'm like well are you actually making an effort to make them feel respected and wanted and especially you know if you're mums or you're working or you've got to get that bit of the brain and i think if you're not being it's the same with everything in life if you're frustrated and feel like you're not being listened to um or fulfilled then you are you know it's gonna it's gonna go well I'm not getting the right sex or you know and a lot of people I think also what is becoming more open I think I've seen it a lot in lockdown as well because couples are being forced to actually communicate because they can't escape Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and actually and it's boring so they are now having conversations of Actually, I've thought about this in our sex lives. I've wanted, I've always wondered what it'd be like to try that. We've seen a whole load of new members coming into our site who all say a couple that they would never have come in before, but it's made them realize that actually they haven't been communicating. They haven't actually been really open about the thoughts or fantasies that they've had. And they might have been having them for like 10 years mm. and they just never yeah. communicated. So it's sort of, it goes hand in hand, doesn't it? And to us, it's sort of, we want to normalize that conversation because you're, you're open to kind of tell each other that you've read about a new diet plan and you want to try this new diet or you want to try this new workout that you have no problem. People have no problem mm. communicating that with each other, but trying to communicate that you want to try a new position or a new like all sex technique or try a bit of rope kink or something, mm. it, it suddenly becomes really awkward and, and it's just more that you're worried you're going to be judged and, yeah. Yeah. No, the communication piece is something I definitely want to unpack. And now that we're talking about kinks and fetishes, for those who may not know the difference, could you describe the two? Or even if there is a difference? Um, to be honest, there's not, there's, not a huge, there's not a huge difference. It's an entire, again, it's an entire spectrum. And people label, but different people label things differently. It's, you know, mm-hmm. personally, kinks and fetishes are... are you know the same really if you've got a bit of a you know a kink wanting toe sucking or you like being tied up or you know everyone's everyone's got something um and whether you call it a fetish or a kink um it's this yeah yeah you know the example you were referencing earlier and I do find it the same when people talk about their fetishes in the sense that I could say hey I don't like oysters or you could tell me you like oysters and I could be like I don't like it but you're not a weirdo. But all of a sudden when people yeah. start really sharing their fetishes and kinks, if you don't or it's not your appetite, people really label yeah. you and they're like, that's weird, yeah. that's gross, that's odd, as opposed to like exactly. we're just different. We just coexist in different kind of sexual it's spectrums just different and what we're preferences. after. And that, and yeah. That, yeah, and that to me is the big thing, the big thing we're driving is that conversation that you know, your sexuality controls you and drives you more than anything else in the world more than religion more than politics it's it's our core it's what 
makes us who we are. Therefore, why is it so weird and awkward? Um, and why do we worry? So, I mean, well, obviously religion and society um, have made it, they've like, have made it like that. But when you put them away and just get down to, well, why, should, why is it awkward when it's the most natural? We're animals. <laughs> so it shouldn't be. You know, I really agree with you in that in terms of like, I know with me, with my sex, my sexuality, when I, when I am participating in it and having it, it definitely is driving myself. But, you know, for those who perhaps shun that part of themselves, could you explain a bit more for how they might be able to really tap into that? So then they could actually be like, okay, cool. I understand what she means by this. Yeah. I think, I think on that, it's, it's being able to um, separate the, and it's a hard thing to do because a lot of it is subliminal you know, in our unconscious minds, messaging that when you repeatedly have been told something, like, you know, like when you're little, some people get told that, you know, masturbating is dirty mm. and it's filthy and you won't go to heaven. And, you know, it kind of, that messaging is in and in and in. So you then grow up and you, every time, and you haven't, you don't close it or you do, but you just feel dirty afterwards and you feel this guilt and this shame and you don't really know where that's, you don't really look at where that's coming from, but when you look at it, you realize that it's, it's the messaging that you constantly, 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 constantly had when you're little, and that's it dictates how you then behave as an adult and your thought process. So it's, it's basically having this internal conversation in your head is, well, why do I think it's shameful? Why do I think it's dirty? Why do I think bringing up oral sex or I'd quite like to be tied up and you know blindfolded why do I think there's something wrong with that and just have a debate (laughs) do you think it's more of an inner conversation that you should have you know with yourself in the mirror or do you think it's also something that we should all be talking about within our friendships and that I think it needs to be a social conversation it needs to be talking about and that's the thing and that's part of the big reason big part of killing kittens is being able to have those conversations with like-minded people and open up going, this is what I've been thinking about. And people, and the more you speak about it, the more you realize that you're not weird. It's not dirty. So the more you start questioning, you know, Mm -hmm. as in where those messages are coming from. um, And then the more you're able to actually ask for what you want. And the minute, I think the minute you ask once, so when, as soon as you turn the tap on and you jump, you take the leap, um, take the leap off the cliff into opening your mouth and asking, then you've done it once and you can yeah. just keep, you know, you'll keep, you'll keep doing it. Absolutely. Look, something my friends know that I constantly grapple with is why they aren't telling me all the details of their sex life. I think my wife is somewhat grateful that I'm starting to learn that perhaps I shouldn't share all of ours. Um, but I'm, I am always perplexed. Why aren't we talking about sex or why is it such a taboo and secretive topic? Because we're all doing it. We can all be giving each other's pointers, tips, sharing stories. And yet it seems to be this sacred idea that everyone thinks we're meant to keep between our partners. And so why do you think there is such a secrecy? Do you think it is just because of those ingrained stories that we've been told as we're I growing think it's up? Ingrained. I think, you know, we've, come, we've lived in a very patriarchal, Mm. controlling society you know we're, we're in a we're in a man's world man's world built by men for men that's you know we're kind of coming out of it and trying to and rebuilding mm. um and that combined with religion again on squashing women <laughs> that's always been there and you know that intimidated by women and you look back through everything Joan of Arc the history of any witch burning witches at the state any woman with an opinion you know through history has you know you look it's only in the i was looking at 19th century of um the read i saw this list last week of reasons why women were put in institutions and it was like having an opinion 
And and it was a really fu- funny list, which now, you know, I was like, well, 90% of them I would have ended up in an institution. Yeah, for being, <laughs> for being hysterical. Yeah. For being hysterical, exactly. And the whole hysteria, the word and stuff. That's why vibrators were invented, you know, weren't they? Was to control hysterical women by giving, you know, they may give them an orgasm and they suddenly became normal human beings again. It's sort of, when you look at it, it's so ridiculous <laughs> when you, yeah. Um, and that, but that messaging, um, it's ingrained in us. And that's why it's sort of, it is so important to chat about it. Like I said, you would tell your, your friends about this new fitness um, setup you've discovered or a new diet you've gone, you've gone on and, you, and you'd go into quick detail about it. You know, you really would. And and the exact weights you used, if it was like a weight training program and tell all about it. And then you'd say, you know, we are seeing effects and the results and I'm feeling so much better about myself. And so why, yeah, why wouldn't you share, oh, we're trying, you know, this technique, we're doing this workshop on like spanking and he's been trying it and I've been trying it and it works really well and it's made me feel like this. It just, do you know what, that's the thing. It's just yeah. another part of, of what we do. Yes, you don't have to go into great detail about the noises each other makes. Um, but um, it's kind of, that's the sort of stuff you chat with friends over. So why not do it about sex as well? I also think there's a lot of slut shaming that kind of comes along with it. And I mean, even, even the words that are used for women, it's kind of slut, loose, easy, dirty, whore, skank. And yet if you look at it for any man, it's, oh, he's just such a player. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, or they're a legend. Yeah. And I tend to find that women decrease their number of how many people they've slept with, but men always want to boot, like bolster up themselves. And it's, it's even that, like a man can go out and do such things, and, but a woman must be, you know, still well behaved. But if you give a shit blowjob, my God, am I going to tell my mates about you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, that, and, that, and that's the bit, it's sort of, I don't know. It's just, again, it's sort of, Lads, lads, lads. <laughs> um, I, but I don't, and I always say to girls, you know, when they go, oh, he slept with loads of people and he slept with this. And I'm like, why do you, I don't know, I've never asked a boyfriend how many women he slept with. I could not give a shit. It would worry me more if I found out that I was like the second person that slept with in our, and we were in our 30s. You know, it's sort of my my husband was a complete womanizing shit sportsman um, before I met him, and I have no idea how many women he slept with. But I'm quite glad he got it all out of his system. Um, so um, it just that mentality as well. I never get why women or well, yeah, women are worried about they you know he slept with all these people and and men you know I still get guy friends going I've met an amazing girl she's not girlfriend material and it's like why well because she slept with loads of men and you're like and (laughs) so what I often find that it's also a comparison game everyone's Mm. still and you know no matter how many people you sleep with or how many people your partner has you still always have that question am I the best like people still want that answer as if like they've come along this whole journey and then they met you like this peak in this pinnacle but that's the other thing, isn't it? It's like she's really good at bed, in bed or he's really good in bed. But it's like, well, is he? Is he good? Is he bad? Is she good or bad? Or, is she, or are you just not compatible? That's the thing. I don't think anyone, anyone is really good in bed or really bad in bed. It's if you're with the right person and you click and you communicate what you want, you're going to have good sex. Yeah. Uh, in that moment, it will be a good experience. If you're not communicating, if you're putting up with stuff as a woman, you kind of lie and you might be a bit rigid because he's just sort of 
pulling your nipples a bit too hard or using your clitoris like a doorbell, then, you know, you're not going to enjoy it. You're not going to be moving around and feeling like acting really comfortable. So he might turn around and go, it was a shit shag. It, you know, it's sort of, it, I just, I personally don't think there is a such thing as bad sex or good sex. It's, and if there is, then that's down to you um, for not telling them what you want or communicating what you want. And, and that's, that's it yeah. too, right? And like I've, yeah. had, I've had friends share with me how if they've ever been too forthright in bed, and this is, this is a heterosexual couple, that if they've ever been too forthright in bed, then all of a sudden he doesn't like the feedback and it, he takes it on board as a, as a discouraging thing as opposed to like, hey, my body works different. Like, you know, every woman I sleep with, I still get nervous because you think, oh, you're going to react and respond differently. Like no one is the same and even like, yeah. the same on the same on any given day. Yeah, exactly. And I saw on that as well. It, it can, because it is so personal, because you are, everyone, everyone's nervous in the sack you know, at not, you know, not wanting to, you want to please your other half and the person you're in bed with. But I would say don't go, don't go aggressively negative and critical. Just rather than going, that really hurts, don't do that. Do a, move the hand and say, I'd really like it if you did this here or that there. So you're not, rather than dissing, you know, that critical really criticizing which will make someone feel shit it, that's the same in everything in life whether it's work if you launch straight into full-on criticizing then you've instantly got someone's back out and making them feel shit about themselves so isn't it better to rather than launch rather than go full critical just say just say look that's okay but I'd, this would work better it would work much better if you yeah i'd like it if you tried this or just move the hands move the fingers um yeah rather than being yeah to the face that fucking hurts um so yeah yeah I do think there is a sexual confidence that if people um perhaps lent on a little more within themselves that the communication would be a lot easier but everyone seems to get so worried which again I'm sure it just comes from time experience just kind of wanting better sex and kind of diving into that for themselves um I polled my friends before this interview because I wanted to know you know who'd actually want to go to a sex party and a lot of people said yeah I would but I'm also worried about being seen or recognized you know either on the app or at a party and so it is a space for like-minded people but why do you think we still have this fear and worry about being recognized as if it's like a naughty thing but that again is you've got to ask the questions why 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 are you worried why does it matter why does it matter if people know you're exploring your sexuality or exploring your sex lives why does it matter you mean it's all all society's judgments exactly why does it matter oh because i don't want friends judging me well that's down to you you know why don't you want people to why does it does it really matter and asking those questions does it really matter um is anyone being hurt what am i doing wrong that's the thing. What am I doing wrong? And the answer is you're not doing anything wrong. So, yeah, you've just got it's backing yourself and just owning it and owning you're a sexual adult who's completely entitled to have a sex life and learn new things when it comes to your sexuality and that sex life. So, fuck them all. <laughs> fuck the judgment. Oh. honestly I feel like this is great life advice that would serve people in any area of their life like if Mm. this is what this person's thinking of you and you don't mind and it doesn't matter then fuck them yeah I said that to someone yesterday oh they're they're talking about this and I'm like hey do you you like this person they're like no I'm like well does it matter 
that's the thing. It's got, I call it, you know, and I think I've, we've been going 15 years and I've had a lot, it took me a few years to, you know, do it. Um, a lot of abuse, a lot of trolling. And I have what I call my invisible force field. Um, that's just sort of there. And someone could just be sat right in front of me and being completely abusive, but it just won't, it won't register because I'm like, it's their insecurities, it's their issues, it's their headspace. I'm not doing anything wrong. And do I really give two shits what this person thinks about me or thinks what I'm doing is wrong? I don't care. <laughs> yeah, in my research, I did see that and heard you share those stories. And I imagine that uh, through having to go all of this, you did have to just have that day when you were like, you know what, I can't ever worry what someone else is going to think because what you do do will never be like largely accepted That's by society you don't as a have whole. Control of it. You don't have control of, you, I just, I have this thing, you know, I can control the things I can control and other people's opinions, I'm never going to be able to control and you can't change it and I'm not going to waste my energy because that's just exhausting, (laughs) trying to change people's minds. You just got to go for it and back yourself and in what you believe and what you stand for. So after the question to my friends of, hey, would you go to a party? Their next question was, could you make sure she walks us through what we could expect at a party? Yeah. Um, so the um, most of the different venues, but it's kind of the same format. So we'll always have like a champagne um, and often like an oyster um, reception. So we have like an oyster shocker um, and it's almost masked. Um, and we'll often have like performers, so cabaret, burlesque sort of acts. Um, and it's sort of, I just say like most of the venues we use like private house parties and when we do them in Sydney, um, they're private houses. Um, and it's like a, a, basically a private party where the wheels come off. So you have, you see it's, you often will have DJs, um, um, do always music and the entertainment and then, but it's only really when you, if you wander up into like the bedrooms or other, the outside rooms that you work with a short candle that, that you might see naked people and sex going on if you stay around the bar area it's just like being in a private party and you just chat to everyone and it's often like cocktail dress or black tie um and the masks um have to stay on in the reception and then it's up to you whether you take the mask off um for the rest of the night and and that's it and then you might walk into one room there might be 20 people um and there sometimes you get couples that just sort of, they just want to keep to themselves. They'll get naked and have sex, but it'll just be with each other in like a corner of the room or on the bed, or you'll get groups of girls coming together who will just sort of, like they just love dancing around in their lingerie. That's enough for them um, to feel empowered and liberated. They don't get involved in sort of sex. Other girls will, um, you get some couples that have that kind of classic threesome idea, or the woman in the couple is bisexual, bi curious. So um, it's a complete different whole different levels of who's doing what and why and and a lot of other people keep their clothes on and they just like the atmosphere and they like the people and and the party so at the end of the day I would say you know it's a really good party where the byproduct it can be sex rather than it being it's a party where you have to have sex and it's a sex party (laughs) yeah I think I think a lot of the assumption obviously from researching I knew there was a difference but I think a lot of people's assumptions like oh if I go I must have sex and I was like no that's not it you never have to have sex at all ever if you don't want to um, that's a good you know the fact that it's it's very black and white where there's it's sex going on it's a sex party again that's kind of it's that very male black and white it's sex and it's always from day one being more of that female mindset of a thousand shades of sex going on. Um, and we've never, I've never seen it as 
right, it has got to be sex. It's like we're creating this space and this environment and this community. And if people want to have sex, they can have sex. But there's no expectation to have it. Um, it just, you know, you set the scene and actually because people feel comfortable and because it's the women very much in control and they feel empowered and liberated, then in that state of mind, they're more likely to, you know, want to have sex. Do you find that people actually lose their inhibitions or perhaps perform more a little, a little more because they have the masks for anonymity? Yeah, massively. There is that element, even though it's still blatantly obvious who everyone is. Um, it, I think you put a mask on and it feels like you've got this shield. And that you are hiding, yeah, hiding behind it. And you can be your, Oscar Wilde, I can't remember his quote, had an amazing quote about, basically about, you know, when the minute you put a mask on, you can be yourself. Because um, you feel, yeah, you feel like you've got a wall between you and the other people. Um, and they're not going to know who you are. So you then are naturally more yourself. I love that quote. I'm definitely going to find out the exact wording of that. Find one. it. It's a good one. Um, as porn has become more widely accept- accessible, have you found that attendees' expectations or requests become a little more niche or a little more, you know, free? No, because I think, again, because it's for women, um, and I think a big part of porn is very male. It's very male-led. It's, you know, it's not, it's unrealistic. Um, and I think people just want real sex. And that's the thing. It's real social sex. And there's a big difference between sex, you know, porn films where you know it's not real. Um, well, teenage boys need to be told it's not real. Um, it's not real. The sounds aren't real. The, you know, every, if you watch porn films, the women always seem to come through penetrative sex. And actually, I think only about 17% of women actually orgasm that way. So that's not real. Um, just all that. It's a, just a performance really it's like the difference between reading non-fiction and fiction or reading a you know or watching a film or a documentary it's you know you watch a film and you know it's it's fictional films or you can watch a documentary and it's real life and the thing is our you know killing kittens is real life it's real life real couples real love so you that's you know and that's yeah you can't make that up Really? Yeah, I, I do love the fact of how most women actually don't come from penetrative sex. And it's like we have conversations with our friends so often and they'll talk about sex and then they'll be like, yeah, but I haven't orgasmed in quite some time, etc." And then I just think, but what about everything else? Like there is, like you've shared, so many shades of grey here. Yeah. Like why are you not trying or experimenting? Or telling him that, yeah. you know, that's the thing. We just, well, I think women just, especially in straight, straight women and straight relationships, have put up with so much. Yeah. But part of that is now it is on us to communicate. Yeah, look, um, my, my wife can definitely be cheeky. And when our friends ask, you know, what is, what is female sex? She says, when both of you come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, Way so, better than straight <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I did see on, through your Instagram, the hashtag uh, kitten and proud you know, has the association with, of empowerment with sex helped people to be more open and comfortable with it the more that they've come yeah, to the Yeah, massively. Parties? And actually, um, and actually I noticed this morning, actually, a, um, they've just put the our social media lot, put out a big story um, uh, on the kitten and proud. So if you look at it today, it's all about being kitten and proud and the reasons. Um, and we've asked members to, and they've just messaged us before this, actually saying got loads of people coming in. So what it, um, what it means to be a kitten um, and owning it and what we found actually in the last few years actually is is more and more especially women are 
com- comfortable and confident to own it and own being a Killing Kittens member and they will put it on social media. We did a video, I didn't just saw it last week, I think it's on Twitter as well. It was more one of those kind of TikTok videos, although we're not allowed on TikTok, but the way it got edited. Um, and it was a whole load of female members doing that whole where they start in normal clothes and start in normal clothes and then they, you know, throw pants at the screen and suddenly they're in lingerie and then they throw pants and then it's another girl in normal clothes and then they're in lingerie. There's a whole video of about 20 different girl members all doing it, all quite happy to have it all out on social media. So there's more and more of that happening and that's why we've got the yeah the kitten and proud which is which is as it should be um and they're doing it for themselves and that's why there's this being you know there's a certain type of feminist who just thinks that um to be respected and equal women need to keep their clothes on um and go well and they bring out the whole you know if you're if there's a photo of a woman in their underwear then it's objectifying women and sexualizing them and it's like it's not actually and these girls are doing it for themselves because they're owning it. It's the exact opposite. They're not doing it for men or to be sexually objectified. If it's that perception, if the people looking at it in their head are perceiving it as sexual, then that's down to that person. It's the difference between intent and perception. So if the intent is to empower yourselves, then that's not objectifying women. It's how it then gets perceived. Yeah. Look- like the- opinion <laughs> i feel like society just although we're becoming so aware of all of these things of what we're doing to women we just still keep perpetuating that idea and whether mm-hmm. it is religion which is definitely always a predominant force in regards to any of these discussions it's an unfortunate thing because i think so often people are repressing who they are and themselves and their desires and wants and then they get to this point in their life and all of a sudden they think wow fuck i waited too long yeah exactly and that's the thing we joke because i've got some friends i'm 42 and i've got i've got friends who are in the same boat like married they've got a couple of kids and they're like now because they're completely owning it they're quite happy being naked and they're just like fuck I wish we were like this in our 20s when we were single and could go out but in our 20s um because we are that gen gen x what it is you you know it would very much was you were judged so that's partly why I launched getting into this because it was just that whole shame slut shaming everything around you and just even if you you had a one night stand it was the guilt you had in you of being a slut, um, whereas now they don't have that. The 20-year-olds now are, like, on a different level. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I often, I was even saying, like, I mean, I'm only in my 30s, and um, I was in conversation with a 13-year-old the other day, and we were talking about how if someone uh, is, like, homosexual at school, and she's like, oh, yeah, of course. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, that is not, oh, of course. That is not how it was for me even 15 years ago. What yeah. are you talking about? Exactly, and trans, and you know that's the thing. There's there's this big movement, and I know about a few kids who who exactly are you know are trans or they'll be non-binary or um it yeah it's all out there and open. So uh, navigating non-monogamy and jealousy that ensues, I feel, which comes from you know the idea of parties like this, because my view is that people do want to be having more sex with more than more people than they can or are willing to talk about. Do you, would you agree with that from what you've seen of people coming to these parties or on your online? Um, yeah, I, I think a lot of, but again, the, some of the most secure couples that I know are some of the killing kittens couples and yeah, they will have sex with other people, but they'll do it together or in aware of each other. And that's what they're doing. So they have this agreement and they they're able to see the difference between emotional sex and it's just sex and that's that's the bit so a lot of people are like i couldn't possibly have sex with anyone else and it's being able to take the emotional attachment away from it 
and and there are more and more couples as well going actually a lot of the time they want the part their partner can't tick every box so what do you do if you have a perfect marriage well there's no such thing as perfect marriage but like if, you know you're really happy in most of your yeah um, in your entire relationship and, and actually you have good sex but for example the women might be really into sort of more bdsm and the man has no interest whatsoever do you end a marriage because that box which is a big drive because as i said before that sexual drive your, your sexuality drives you so it's a big part of frustration in the woman or do you have an open conversation and just the man goes go and get that bit yeah. i can't give it to you and it's not and it just it lets her or him tick that tick that box that scratch there's no frustration there and but the rest of your relationship is is great so it's sort of it's that flexibility and everything's becoming more flexible. Work is flex more flexible. And, you know, so sexuality and sex size is more flexible and in relationships and it. But again, it comes down to communication and working out why, why you don't want, whether it's your issues or their issues on the security front. And it's the same with jealousy. It's sort of actually being able to, if you're feeling jealous, it's rather than kick off straight away to actually process it, Think about it in your head. Why am I feeling jealous? And a lot of the time, it'll be something going on with you and you're not feeling secure about life in general. You're having a bit of a shit day, feeling a bit fat, a bit bloated, a bit, you know. So it's your issue and you can't, and you're projecting. So don't go off on one and be psycho on your other half who's doing nothing wrong. So I think it's being able to, on jealousy, process those feelings Obviously, if he's gone off and you know in your gut there's something not right, um, then you deal with it. Um, yeah. But generally, jealousy is, is actually comes down to stuff going on in you that's yeah. making you feel jealous. I also find that people internalize their partner's desires as a rejection of themselves. And this idea of like, if, we, if we're together and you want to go do something, all of a sudden, oh, why aren't I enough? As opposed to just like you've said, there's just something you want to do over here, trying this, yeah. and then you still want to come back to, you know, our relationship yeah. at our home. Exactly. It's like you're the half, it's, you know, like my hubby, sort of, it'd be like me going, getting jealous because he's going off drinks with the guys. And he's like, and I'm like, well, why does he want to have a drink with me? It's actually, yeah. it's just stupid it's because he's going off with boys. And he always going off golf. Why doesn't he want to play golf here? I'm like, well, well, I don't want to play golf. So, you know, it kind of, it, it sort of, you can have those jealous feelings and then you can realize how ridiculous, and also you can turn it on your head and just go, well, he's doing that and I'm allowed to go and do that. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Look, jealousy is also something that people brought up with me about this idea. And I, I literally would have, because I've got a lot of married friends and I'll ask them individually and both of them will say to me, I absolutely would love to go out and try such a thing. But either A, I don't think they could handle it, or B, I wouldn't want to watch them with someone else. And I just think there is no communication here. And also exactly. creating an idea of what you don't think you'll like, and then it happens and you're actually okay with it, but you're not giving it. Yeah, and I, I find that with loads of guys, uh, like, shh, as in can't discuss it with the wife. And then I'll speak to the wives who are totally cool, and they're like, you know, we'd go and stuff. And you have to go, the hubbies, don't put it on. You know, it's slightly controlling, you know, kind of dictating what, and actually the, when most women are all over it. And, but, but also it's that you don't have to, and I say to first timers or people just interested, just come along, see it as a party, have an agreement that you're going to keep your clothes on 
and just see what it's about and come and have a couple of drinks. And at any point you can leave. So have that um, as, the, as the first thing. Just go, right, let's go and have a funny night out. Have a few drinks. Let's go. Stick together. Keep our clothes on and just uh, watch. Let's just go and be voyeurs for the night. Do you think we're becoming complacent in our relationships by accepting this idea that monogamy is the only way forward? I think, I think it's dangerous. Again, it's that, it's that very rigid, non-flexible way. And do you know what? Monogamy is great for, it is great. There's no right or wrong. It's great for so many different people. As long as I said, you're, you are open and you're honest and you're communicating. And, but a lot of people in monogamous relationships are frustrated in a certain part of their lives. Um, and you just think you've got one life um on that front and again you know monogamy monogamy isn't a natural animal state <laughs> it is created again by religion is how and the patriarchal society it's like the man will own the own the woman it's their you know it's their position it's um well meanwhile they can go off and shag whoever they want um whilst being married to their position it's it's when you look back at where monogamy has come from it really isn't a natural state within us animals <laughs> so you can kind of understand why why it's now coming out and coming to service and because society is like allowing um this flexible sexual existence um and women have more power and we have more independence and we're more financially independent so we don't need to rely on a man to support us um it gives us more freedom to go well if we're not happy we're gone if you're not making me happy i'm out <laughs> so yeah and for those who I guess are listening to this and they are in those relationships and they're thinking hey actually how can I open up the conversation like do you have any pointers that you give people um do you know what you could there's some there's just fun it's really awkward opening up conversations sometimes but you could have you could go do you know what let's you're at home get a bottle of wine out and just start just chat and just say like should we just do something fun and watch some porn and I'll pick a category you pick a category and let's just watch and comment and while having some drinks and by doing that you're not having a direct conversation with each other but you can watch it and go oh my god that looks painful that and by doing that the minute you open that conversation up it, it's very natural to go well that looks quite fun or we could you know that let's just try it um yeah well fuck it tie me up you know what I mean? It's more, it becomes more of a spontaneous thing reacting to just watching. Uh, yeah. So that you can suggest that let's just let's do, yeah, watch something together and let's, I'll pick a category, you pick a category. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's just have some fun. Because we keep mm -hmm. referencing timing up. Um, yesterday, I actually discovered that the origins of the Wonder Women comics actually come and have a lot of BDSM themes that run through them because of the creator's own uh, polyamorous relationship. I did not know that. Yeah, and that's that, why she has the perfect. chain. It's, it's a brilliant movie called Professor Marston and the Wonder Women, uh, and it's the origins of how Wonder Women came about. Outstanding film, but it just, it also, when you watch it and then the way they do the ropes and the tying, it really reframes yeah. it, and it also goes into submission and dominance and, and those interplays. And I think people to watch that, and it's just, it's very beautiful and how it touches on the idea of you can love and share an experience with more than one without yeah. it being this very, like, again, as we've mentioned, like sex, sex, sex. It's like there's a lot exactly. of connection. Yeah. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, a lot of the polyamorous stuff isn't necessarily sexy. It's that it's getting the different things from different people. And, but you get that in real life. And, and I always say that uh, take sex aside. So, you know, a lot of women, especially women more than men, have this expectation that their other half is going to, has to tick every box. Um, but also that, that, but also that friends have to tick every box. And I'm like, no, you have, I have, the older I've got, the more I have so many different people for different things. If I want an intelligent conversation about politics, like there's, you know, or religious debate or, you know, the ones you can go into deep conversation about sex is, I've got friends across the entire spectrum, but I don't expect them all to tick every single box. In the same way, I don't expect my husband to tick most of those boxes. You know what I mean? It's like, and there's that, people need to realize that, your net and one person is not going to tick every single box. And if you're expecting that, then you are going to be frustrated. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyone who's listened to my podcast for long enough always hears me talk about Esther Perel. And she often references that and how we used to be, you know, raised by a village and we used to live within a real community based society. Whereas now we think one person should just have everything that makes us happy. And it's like, that's never going to happen so seek to find the other people in your life which might satisfy those needs. Yeah, and it's true because people often, you know, I often get asked because I've got, I've got three kids under six and um, a couple of businesses and, and I've never stopped working and, you know, I've never taken maternity leave and people, you know, people are like, well, how do you do it? How do you do it all? And I'm like, because I have teams in every aspect of my life. I have amazing teams and it's exactly that. I've, I have a village around me for whether that's a team at work, whether that's a childcare, I have a lot of people who can look after my kids and I let look at, and it's, that's the thing you're raising. It's a village that's raising them and it's a village to, you know, team wise and it, and my friends as well. So it's the only way I can do it is having amazing, has having villages in all aspects of my life. And I don't try and do anything on my own. Um, and then you can do it. <laughs> um, I am curious being a mother and having young children and I guess just the business and industry that you're in, Either A, do you have those conversations with them, although I don't know how one would, but, uh, or you know, do you have that moment where you go, hey, when they hit this age, I'm going to really have to explain what I do. You know what, it's kind of, I think it's as it, as it comes up. And the five-year-old, he started school last September, so he's now learning to read. And he, a few months ago, could read a sticker on my laptop and said, why is your business called Killing Kittens? Um, and so we didn't really luckily it was swerved because his, his two sisters jumped on him so we didn't have that have to have that but it's sort of it's things like he asked me um in lockdown he asked me what what my three-year-old's willy was what's lily's willy called and i just went to vagina so i'm not going to give it some stupid name because that's part of the problem um i said it's vagina and then i didn't really think about it he's like mm. and then they were in a car about a month later messing around about animals gonna eat your leg animals gonna eat your tiger's gonna eat this and he said and the tiger's gonna eat your vagina lily and which my husband just nearly crashed um and it's just and it's kept and that's the thing is she calls it vagina um but it's you know you you have the conversations as they come up and last summer I took them to pride. Um, we did a big um, pride picnic and I thought, I said to my husband, look, it's the picnic in the park. So I don't see why we can't, there's nothing that makes me feel awkward taking the kids. Um, and explaining who was then four, the oldest was then four and explaining, he said, what's pride? And I said, you know, what? I said, it's when men can dress up as women and women can dress up as, as men and you can be whoever you want to be. And that was enough. And then I heard him telling his mates that. 
that they were going we were going to pride picnic and I see he was like I can wear a dress and Lily can wear trousers <laughs> and I just thought that's enough and it's starting the conversation so it's sort of there's no kind of set time of when I'm going to have chat. It's sort of as it comes up, you then address it and some of the shit they come out with. You know what I mean? You've got no time to plan. You don't yeah. know what's going to come out of their mouth. All the questions. He asked me last week about how did a baby get in my tummy. And so you have to think about, you know, uh, that. So um, you just do it. I think not having the conversations in whatever form is the, is the problem and shrugging it off because you then get kids who have no idea. Hmm. absolutely and I often will speak to friends and they'll be like oh my parents wouldn't talk about sex but I was like oh no I had my being around my mom it was very much a conversation or she was naked at times and so it was just normalized so there wasn't yeah, exactly. any kind of anything naughty around it yeah you know me too before I ask you my final question I really want to say I've enjoyed this conversation so much and I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing all of your you know experience and wisdom and tips right. along the way Fun. I need more of this chat <laughs> um and so I know you've shared a little bit on this, but I just want to know if you had any final thoughts that, you know, what can we as a society continue to gain by speaking more freely about sex and really exploring this core aspect of who we are? I think, to be honest, you have, you, it's that realisation that we're, it's, it's all interconnected. So if you are sexually confident, then that confidence is going to come out in every other aspect of your life. So if you are, as a woman, if you are communicating in the bedroom and feeling fulfilled in the bedroom and asking for what you want, then you can walk into a boardroom and demand a pay rise. Or, and so, you know, there's this whole kind of thing about women need to have more leadership positions or, you know, get why are they going further up the ladder. And, and personally, I do think it goes hand in hand, uh, that confidence. And given that, as I said, our, you know, our sexuality is our core drive, get that confidence and just chatting about that and opening up those conversations and it's going to travel through to the rest of your life. So you want more women in the boardroom, get them talking about sex. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely think it's also this having the sex and really being satisfied, which again comes from yeah. going and asking for how you like it, how you want it. So perfect yeah, way exactly. to end this. Thank you so much, Emma. No worries. That was fun. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Modern Women. If these conversations are delivering value to you, it would be so helpful and appreciated if you head to Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you love to listen and rate and review us as that helps us build this incredible community. And ultimately, that is what this is all about, building this community as big as we can to help as many women as possible. And all of your ratings and reviews truly help with that. This podcast is produced by The Modern Women. And before I go, a shout out to Chunky Love for the original music and Podpace for technical editing. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.